Well, it's that time again. Thank you so much for joining us. My name's Cody Fair, and you're listening to Radio Elevate. And this week, we got a very special episode coming your way as we're going to talk about murder. That's right. I said we're going to talk about murder and anger, but hey, we got to get a kind of dark topic today. So let's start off on a high note. Let's hit you with a little bit of worship. And here's Lauren Daigle with an acoustic version of Oceans. Out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery, an ocean deep. My faith will stand, and I will call upon your name. Oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. Cause I am yours and you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters, your sovereign hand will be my guide. Your feet may fail. Around me, you've never failed. You won't start now. So I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. Cause I
next. Here's Matt Marr with all the people said amen. City in Times Square. Here's Matt Marr with 10,000 Reasons. You guys take it. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, and worship His holy name. Beautiful. And sing like never before. I worship your holy name, Jesus, your name. When the sun comes up, it's a new day dawn. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before. Let me 
break, we're going to be continuing our lesson on the Sermon on the Mount as we're going to look into Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 as we talk about murder and anger as we come up next. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, Radio Elevate. This is Matt, worship pastor here at Crosspoint Church. Man, what a great opportunity it is to spend time with you here on Radio Elevate. What a great platform and opportunity that you have to share with your friends and your family the good news of the gospel brought to you by Elevate Student Ministries. Cody and the team have done a fantastic job leading you in this ministry. We're excited about what they're going to be able to do through Radio Elevate. I hope you enjoy it. I know I'm looking forward to it. Join with me as we listen together this new lesson on Radio Elevate. Play along with me uh, to start today's lesson for a moment. Now, I want you to shut your eyes for just a moment. Now, if you're driving or operating heavy machinery or doing something that requires some vision, don't close your eyes, but just do a little meditation on this next question. So I'm going to ask you to something a little different here after I ask the question. Now, I don't want you just to immediately think of an answer. But I want you to meditate on it for just a second. So here we go. What's the maddest that you've ever been at someone? Now, if you can, press pause and meditate on that for just a second. Now, I don't want to bring up old wounds or hurt feelings here, but I do want you to tap into that emotion briefly to remember just how mad you were. Now, did your anger get the best of you? Now, you don't have to share this next answer, but what malicious thoughts may have come to your mind? Did you think about possibly hurting someone? Did revenge come to mind? Did you want to physically harm someone after because of your anger? Or did you have control over your anger? Were you able to find peace again after the anger? And how did you find that peace? Well, in Matthew 5, Uh, Verse 21, it says, you've heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not matter. Now, I know what you're thinking. Whoa, Cody. I was thinking about anger. Now, you took an awfully big step to go all the way from anger to murder. However, during the Sermon on the Mount, God dives into the subject of murder and anger. And although most of us would never steal the life of another human, as we know, God's the only one who decides when and where we leave this world. Nobody else, when we get angry, that is the first step towards murder. So if we don't keep our anger in check and we're quick to forgive, then we're playing a very dangerous game that we need to lay down and not pick up. So let's start in Exodus, and let's start in chapter uh, 13 where it says, you must not murder. I mean, that's pretty straightforward right there, right? Growing up in today's society, we're all pretty aware that murder's bad, obviously. And there's no doubt about it. This law was given 
with the Ten Commandments in Exodus, but it really does not dive deep into how you get murder in your heart now. Let's take a look at Matthew 5.21, and we're going to go a little bit past that into 26, where it says, teaching about anger. You've heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. So, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge, who will hand you over to an officer, and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. You know, clearly, murder is sinful, but it's also the result of undealt with anger. Yes, it's true we will have to combat some anger in our life, and it's most important, though, that we know how to deal with that anger. You basically have two options when it comes to how you deal with anger. First, you can ignore that anger. Now, on the front end, that looks kind of promising because ultimately, who wants to walk around mad all the time? It weighs you down and negatively affects your attitude and personality, which ultimately negatively affects your relationship with God. When you ignore something, though, it does not mean that it goes away. I mean, I'd love to ignore my house bill every month, and for a few months I might get away with it. Eventually, though, that bank's going to start calling, and trust me here, they're going to get their money. Anger works in that same way. You can ignore it on the front end, but if you don't deal with it, then it will manifest itself into something worse on the back end. By ignoring anger, you could end up directing anger at someone who's innocent in the wrong done against you in the first place. Simply put, even though fighting anger is not necessarily fun, we have to meet our anger head on. And to do that, we have to take the second option, which is not ignoring anger, but doing something about it. Now, once we decide to do something about anger, we're faced with yet another set of options. And just like any decision you make, there's a right choice and there's a wrong choice. Some people will tell you there is no wrong choice, and in some things that might be true. But when we're dealing with our anger, this is definitely true. We have to deal with the anger in a godly fashion. Dealing with anger in any other manner will cause more and more heartache on the back end. So when faced with anger, we can choose to demean the person that wrongs us. We can choose to beat them with our words, beat them physically, or we can choose to forgive. Now, isn't it kind of crazy to forgive the person that's wronged you in the first place? Do you remember the fifth beatitude from several weeks back? God blesses those who are merciful. See, the Sermon on the Mount here is already remaining credible because Jesus' teaching is perfect and it's not contradicting itself even in the slightest.
If you think about it in the simplest of terms, when you're angry, you can either stay mad or you can get happy again. Now, to get happy again, you have to forgive and move on. Granted, sometimes this is way easier said than done, and no argument here on that. However, no matter how bad you have been wronged, you can't hold on to that anger. Now, that doesn't mean, by the way, that you have to stay associated with whomever has caused your anger in the first place. Sometimes, the absence of some toxicity is a greater lesson that is learned. But forgiveness is necessary so that you don't keep that anger inside of your heart. And to do that, you have to do some anger management. Now, Jesus teaches us a little bit about this in verse 22, about the, emoci the emotions that are associated with murder that we have to manage so that we don't reach the point of rage and wrath and murder. And verse 22 says, But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hells. Now stop right there a minute. So Jesus is telling us that even if we're angry with someone, then we're subject to judgment. Well, that's pretty telling. And that goes back to the point we've made a few times as we've discussed Law and Order, and that's that there is no ranking to sin. Anger and murder are in the same family here, which really is the family of sin. At the genesis of all murder comes, in some form, anger. Jesus goes on to teach us that calling someone an idiot subjects them to judgment. So... Does calling someone an idiot and murder have anything to do with each other? Well, verbal abuse needs to be looked at as mental murder. And just as anger is the underlying factor in murder, verbal abuse can be the underlying factor of anger. I know this is getting real deep here. That verbal abuse is twofold, though. The verbal abuse could be turned into anger on the person that's given the abuse, which is oftentimes the intent or that verbal abuse can hit close to home and have someone depressed in self-anger. I almost hate to bring it up, but this is the underlying theme in the Netflix show uh, 12 Reasons about a teenage girl that kills herself. Now let me say this here. That series is incredibly negative because it glorifies teen suicide, and that's despicable. But remember this, though. Your words carry more weight than you realize. Your words could bring the anger that someone else is dealing with on them, or your words could also reflect anger back towards you. Lastly, Jesus goes on to teach that if you curse someone, you could face the fires of hell. And cursing someone is both mental and spiritual abuse. Now, I think the mental aspect of a curse goes back a lot to what we talked about with verbal abuse. Cursing someone is different in the fact that it's wishing ill intent on someone. And this is dangerous on here. This is where that anger truly manifests into murder. The book Dante's Inferno comes to mind here when he's entering hell and the sign reads, Abandon All Hope. 
To curse someone is to steal them of their happiness and replacing it with the anger that's inside their heart. This is important here. You and only you are in control of your emotions, not someone else. So it's up to you to pray and seek for God's guidance so that you may forgive, let go, and stay positive. We'll be right back after this break. Stick around. Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Cross Point Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate, a ministry of Elevate Student Ministries of Cross Point Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311. And you can become a partner with Radio Elevate. Enjoy this lesson. Now, we've hit on some pretty deep stuff here. Now, we acknowledge that anger can creep into our lives, but here's the fun question. Are feelings of anger always sinful? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. See, we additionally acknowledge here that nobody else is in control of anger. Anger is a natural thing. Unfortunately, we've all got a selfish heart. Now, we want what we want when we want it. And we're going to get angry when we don't get our way. If you don't believe me, think about the last time you went to a restaurant and your food wasn't prepared correctly. I can tell you from being a former uh, former restaurant manager that it's never a fun conversation because that guest is usually mad that they didn't get their way. And that carries into so many other things. At the center of anger, though, is usually a selfish reason, reason, and that reason is simply that we didn't get our way. That's the human in all of us. James chapter 3.16 says, For whoever there is jealousy and self-ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Jealousy and selfish ambition, meaning the heart wants everything it wants, right on time, and nobody else is entitled to any of it. So remember when you're angry that your heart is selfish, jealous, and self-pleasing. Look outward from your heart so you can be quick to forgive and not remain sinful. So is it ever okay to be angry? Well, there's a difference in sinful anger and unsinful anger. And we've spent quite a bit of time so far discussing sinful anger, so let's talk about when anger is not sinful. Anger is not sinful with you when you are mad at sin and you are mad at God not being honored. Anger is not sinful when that anger is centered at disrespect and contempt towards God. To illustrate these statements, we get to study one of my absolute favorite stories of the Bible. Let's go to John chapter 2, verses 13 through 16, and it says, Jesus clears the temple. 
It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and dove for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. It's getting good here. He drove out of the sheep and cattle, scattered the money's changers' coins all over the floor, and turned over their tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. I love the image of Jesus getting so upset and angry at sin that he grabs a whip and goes straight up East Tennessee redneck style anger on these retailers who have turned God house into a marketplace. Now, I mean, this sort of takes the whole phrase of fear God and gives it a whole new meaning because he's about to literally whip somebody. And this is important, though, because Jesus is not mad because he has been wronged as a human. Jesus is mad because his father, the creator, his godly form has been wronged. His holy house, the place that should be a sanctuary of peace and love and honor and worship, is being reduced to nothing more than a modern-day flea market. Jesus' reaction is that of anger, but it's anger out of respect and passion and love and devotion to God and all that is good. Money, retail, crooks, all this, not good. Jesus and God is good, and he is getting his house in order. I can't help but think about the church when it's preaching from something other than the Bible and not honoring God and allowing sin instead of forgiving sin and teaching the goodness of God and sin. This is a prime example of the church needing to get its house of worship in order. Jesus' reaction is clearly passionate. There's no doubt about it. But Jesus' anger also stood up for what he knew to be true and righteous. His anger was a demonstration and a defense of God and the church. But he also did not let that anger get the best of him. If we continue the story in John 17, or in, in John chapter 2, it says, Then his disciples remembered his prophecy from the scripture. Passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demanded, What are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. What? they exclaimed. It's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you can rebuild it in three days? But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this, and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. So three days is what it took to forgive those people in the temple. It took three days to forgive these people that had turned God's house into a flea market. Three days after the cross when Jesus defeated anger, death, murder, and the grave. Jesus was able to forgive, and he went to the cross humbly. He did not go to the cross in anger. Finally, let's take a look at the dangers of undealt with anger. And to do this, we need to look and define two separate words beginning with anger and ending with contempt. Now, 
Anger is defined as a strong feeling of displeasure originated by a wrong. And although you can look at anger as several different types of words being a noun or a verb or an adjective or whatever this isn't in an English class, I want you to think of anger as a verb. And a verb is an action. It takes time and it takes mental resources to be angry. Additionally, if you retaliate to your anger, it takes physical action. Contempt, look at more of a noun. It is defined as feelings regarded anything mean, vile, or worthless. Basically, contempt is the state of being angry. So after defining these words, it's easy to see the obvious relationship between the two. Think about the last time you were angry for just a second. You were angry on the front end. You cooled down and became content. But if you did not reconcile and repair that anger, then that content was really contempt. You were in a state of anger. Anger's a funny, emo- a funny emotion. It dies down and flares back up when something sparks it, especially if it's undealt with. It's truly a vicious cycle of anger to contempt, back to anger, back to contempt. This is the warning about staying angry. It just does no good. Unfortunately, if that anger is not dealt with, then that cycle gets disrupted from time to time. And there has to be a release from that cycle, and that release comes in the form of murder. Last major point I want to make today. Murder always starts with speech or at least some form of communication. Now, you can realize that point and apply it to all the other points that were made in this lesson. Think about the root cause of some anger, though. As simple as it is, profanity in and of itself can be a root cause of anger. It's certainly a reaction to anger a lot of times. Lying, not telling the truth, is also a major cause of anger. If you're lied to, it can infuriate you. Gossip can lead to anger. It can lead you to anger even if you're the gossiper or you're the person that's being gossiped about. Especially if you don't agree with somebody else's gossip on a certain position. And you can also speak it with nonverbal speech that can cause anger. Eye rolls, silent protest, shoulder shrugs, or anything that communicates with your body rather than your voice can be the root cause of anger if it's done negatively. So let me ask you today, do you have any anger in your life that you're struggling with? Are you mad over money or mad over grades or parents or rules? Are you a little more in tune with your spirituality and maybe you're angry at sin? Well, whatever it is, today I'm going to ask you to let go of some anger. There's only one way to be happy and angry at the same time, and that's to be angry at sin. So being angry at anything else leads to being angry at God and can ultimately lead to death, just as Jesus showed us, as he could forgive us for our anger and for our sin. So if you have anger in your heart today, or even if you don't, Let's pray this prayer together so that we can be free of our anger. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I thank you so much for that. 
Lord, I ask that you can take the anger in my heart and manage it down. I ask that you can put forgiveness in my heart so that I'm no longer weighed down with anger and contempt in my heart. Lord, I ask that you will make me quick to forgive and that you will guide me on a path away from negativity, anger, and hate. I ask that you do the same with my friends, my family, my church, and the world. And I ask this in your name. Amen. Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Cross Point Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate ministry of Elevate Student Ministries of Cross Point Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311. And you can become a partner with Radio Elevate. Enjoy this lesson. favorite movie for the summer has been this was the response that I got the Avengers the Avengers Avengers go Captain the Avengers Avengers now given I asked them this before Spider-Man or the Dark Knight came out now there's a line in the Avengers movie where Captain America looks at Bruce Banner and he says well, how fast can you turn into the Hulk they were getting attacked and Bruce Banner replies that's my secret cap I'm always angry. Hello world, I'm David Dorn and this is Preposterous, which is not your typical Bible study. Now, when I was interviewing these, these teenagers, I also asked them what got up under their skin. What, what made them angry? Take a look at this. One um, thing that annoys me is bullying. Especially when I see that to other people. I'm like texting somebody and they say, so what do you want to talk about? Like, you text me first. They say they're Christians and they're like, they say they love Jesus and they do anything for Jesus and they turn around and do terrible things and you know, like they go to jail or they like break the wall and they're always in like detention or AC or something like that. I don't like it when people are like too fake. Like when people say they do one thing and then you go hang out with them and they're like a totally different person. Like, like church people, and people who hang out at, at church and people who hang out like around school are totally different people when you're at church or when you're at school or whatever. I probably bully my friends and mess with the stuff that I personally own. Anything but mainly mess with my friends. That just really irritates me a lot. When people complain about little things, it's like, really? Just get over it. Just like things like, oh, it's hot outside. Right now we're doing like a mission project. I used to get over it. Pick up the trash, it's helping someone. When I'm driving somewhere and somebody cutting me off, like, that really gets under my skin. I want to say something, but I know I can't, so I just leave it alone. Now, I don't think it's true of these teens at all, but I think teenagers identify with the Incredible Hulk more than we would like to admit. Whether it's being angry with their parents or their former friends or their teachers, or whoever, I think teens walk around carrying a lot of anger up inside of them and they don't know what to do with it. Now Jesus weighs in on anger, but it may make you a little upset with what he says. Ironic, isn't it? Are you ready for this? You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, 
and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Whew, that's not very comforting. And it's actually somewhat confusing with words that don't make sense. But hold on. The Bible says that God gets angry. And last week we looked at the fact that Jesus got angry at the religious people and the people making money in the temple. And Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry without sinning. Don't let the sun set on your anger. Now, all of this is telling me that there is a good type of anger and a not-so-good type of anger, but to never dwell on it. Never let it build up in our lives. So what anger is good and what anger is bad? To find out, we have to look at what Jesus says after those two verses. And what Jesus says after that is, he gives two examples. In the first example, Jesus says, if you go to church worshiping God, and you realize while you're there that somebody has something against you, you've done something to somebody and you've not made it right, leave right then and go and take care of it. Make it right with that person and then come back. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't wait to seek forgiveness or make it right for something that you've done. In the second example, Jesus is saying, if you find out somebody has something against you and they're going to bring you to court, go and make friends with that person. Jesus is saying, if there are issues between you and somebody else, it is better to make a friend than an enemy. Especially if you're the one that's in the wrong, go and make it right with them. In both examples, Jesus is warning the people who are in the wrong you see, you don't get to be angry when it's you that screwed up and it's you that needs to go and make things right. Cursing at somebody, calling the names, being angry, being hateful to somebody comes from a deep-seated uh, hatred of that person. And Jesus is saying in God's eyes, if you had that deep-seated hatred for them, it's the same as murder. Ouch! I mean, how often do we, without a second thought, call somebody a name or shout, I hate you in the middle of an argument or get upset with them when we need to be upset with ourselves? Jesus says, my followers are called to live better than this. So when is anger right? Well, these verses say that anger without a cause is wrong. And Ephesians says, be angry, but do not sin. So the question really is, do you have a right to be angry? And if so, then be angry, but be careful. Don't jump to being angry. The Bible warns against a quick-tempered person becoming angry at the drop of a hat, sort of like the Incredible Hulk. Did you see how quick he turns in that movie? Why? Because he carries anger inside of him all of the time. If you can get angry that quick, you need to look and see what resentments you're carrying on the inside and deal with them. Because anger will eat you from the inside out. And never dwell on anger. Ephesians tells us to never let the sun go down while we're still upset. And God is concerned about restoring relationships, both with uh, Him and you and with you and other people. So never be angry without having forgiveness working its way to the surface. Sure, it may take time, and depending on what the person did to you, it may take a lot of time to forgive them, but with God's help, we can. You see, this marks Jesus' followers 
as being different from other people because they are willing to forgive. So who are you angry with and why? Are you the one that needs to go and seek forgiveness or are they? Either way, God calls us to forgiveness, whether we're the one seeking forgiveness or we're the one giving forgiveness. Anger is like a fire. You're the one holding on to it, so that means you're the one that's going to get burned by it. So leave in a comment or a video response your story. Well, I hope you're able to pray that prayer with me from a little bit earlier today. Uh, and I hope that you have an awesome week coming up. So until next time, my name's Cody Fair. I'm the youth pastor at Cross Point Church in Jonesboro, Tennessee, and Elevate Youth Ministry. And hey, don't forget, it's time that we get to hang out as a church family. And we get to do that with a barbecue. That's going to be July 12th at 5 o'clock p.m. There's going to be burgers, dogs, games, and fun. And all are welcome. If you have a friend you'd like to invite, tell them to come on. We'd love to have them. If you're a listener of Radio Elevate and you haven't made that step towards coming out to church yet, I urge you to come on down and hang out with us. I hear Greg's got a mean cornhole game, so let's put that to the test. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you right back here next week for Radio Elevate.